Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saying, Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. Of course, we're broadcasting live this uh, Sunday night. What is the date today, anyway? The um, I should know that before I come on the air. Live radio, you don't get any chances to make any mistakes. This is November 14th, 2021. If you're not listening to this today, you'll be listening to it on a podcast later. Got a bunch of people that have texted me already, which you can do to let me know you're listening, or even text me uh, comments as long as they're nice. I don't want any bad ones. The um, 701-290-7862, the prize for the first person to text me is Brother Griffith from the uh, Great Falls Church. His pastor is a friend of mine, Brother Erpelding. He's one of the ministers in that church. Two more filled with the Holy Ghost in their service tonight in Great Falls. Man, it sounds like you guys are having revival out there. Good to have um, Yvonne listening tonight from Bowman. And is Marin listening too? Yes, Marin's Sister Marin's listening. We've got, um, let's see, we got a text from our team that does the women's prison ministry. They had 11 ladies in their service tonight at the women's prison. 
And we've got, uh, let's see, man, the people are really texting. Tina from Kildare listening tonight. We've got Nathaniel up in Park River listening. Brother, let's see, Sister Jody tuning in. We've got the Millers listening out in Golva. Now, they were at my house for dinner, and he, I'm going to warn you about Bill Miller. If he comes to your house, don't set out any bowls of candy because he'll eat all of them. He ate just about all of them. It's funny, my grandkids did start crying. So um, next time he comes over, I think I'm going to set out maybe some um, bowls of uh, decon or something. (laughs) No, I'm just teasing. We've got Lori listening from Southheart, and she's a great lady out there. Um, Let's see, I I, I should uh, get some of these. Uh, We've got Sister Brett's listening. We've got Brother Jones. Tell it. I haven't talked to Brother Jones for a while. And we've got the Willis family tuned in. Henry and Harrison say hello. Brother Portellis um, listening. The Lunas are listening, I should say, from Wapaton. We've got uh, James listening from Oskaloosa, Iowa. James, I feel bad. I'm not going to be able to come to your wedding. We've got a family deal that day, so I just feel bad about that. I wanted to go to that wedding because I pray. I prayed for Jody for all these years that she'd find a good husband, and now she found one, and I'm not even going to be at the wedding, so whatever. But I'll still pray for you guys. Tim, listening in North Carolina, you can text me 701-290-7862. The prize for the person listening from the farthest away is Stormy, listening, um, to, listening to us in the Philippines. Um, so you're... I believe he's back in the Philippines. He was in the States for a while, but I think he's listening tonight or this morning wherever he's at in the Philippines. So I think that's right. So anyway, it's just I wanted to give a shout-out to, and there's more people here. Um, looks like some more here that maybe. But anyway, I'm not. I'm going to stop here. We've got, um, but if you want to be part of the program, 701-290-7862. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. We are right on Interstate 94. Got a beautiful church building. It'll seat 500 people. Uh, Just a great facility. But better than that, we've got great people that come, a lot of young families. And better than that, we're preaching the Acts 238 message, which is the message that the early church preached for people to come to God. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We still believe in all three of those things, repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus, and that people can still be filled with the Holy Ghost. We believe in all that. Our next service in Dickinson here is Wednesday night at 7.30. I've been teaching on Wednesday nights. Uh, We don't... Wednesday nights, you know, sometimes there's preaching, sometimes there's Bible teaching, there's always a worship service, sometimes a time of prayer afterwards, a time of uh, people coming to the altar and so on. It would be a great night to get baptized in Jesus' name if you've repented. But on Wednesdays lately, I've been teaching about Christian standards, about churches setting standards and how reasonable that is. Biblical principles need to be understood and reasonable standards need to be set so that we can live out those principles, all as a church going the same direction. And so we've been talking about all kinds of biblical principles and standards that are set. I'm not sure which one I'm going to talk about this week. I'm just trying to debate which one. I've got um, you know, some of the ones that are coming up. We're going to talk about what a Christian, what standards should a Christian, things that they should listen to and watch and read. Uh, standards of how a Christian should look, what their clothing should be like, um, even what the Bible says about hair for men and women. Those will be things we'll be teaching about. Uh, Standards about what we partake in as entertainment. Um, So there's a lot of things, and and I've just never been more convinced than right now how reasonable it is for churches to set standards for Christian behavior. I know I'm taking a little time at the beginning of this program, but but the... uh, I mean, everything that is successful has standards. Our military has standards. Businesses have standards. Schools have standards. 
In fact, uh, some of the most successful schools in the country have dress standards. If you, you know, private schools have uniforms. I mean, there, there's standards. Setting standards uh, is a is a good thing. And I know people don't like it when churches have standards, but we got a whole church full of people that seem to like it, and I think you'd like it too. I just think you don't understand it if you don't like it. It was great. Oh, by the way, we had a great service today. It was good to have our sheriff here in town there. He he comes pretty often to the New Life Pentecostal Church. We love him. He brought a box of candy for our kids today. He is our sheriff here in town. Uh, comes and visits our church. Sometimes he's in uniform. Most of the time he's in uniform. And I always tease him that he's there to protect me because I preach so hard that I'm afraid somebody might try to hurt me. So the sheriff, you never know. If you want to hurt Pastor Bob, you don't. better not do it at church because the sheriff might be there. (laughs) Okay, I'm rambling now, but there's other people texting me. You can text me. You can email me. Uh, We got Dylan listening tonight. Good to have Dylan listening. Uh, we've got the um, Burlings and Wishick that are listening. How does my wife know that? She knows that. She texted me. My wife must be listening. For you that were in church today, I'm going to use the same scriptures, the same scripture text that I use to preach in church. So, I mean, it, it might be very similar to what I preach in church, but I do have a lot more things that I didn't get to, uh, more scriptures and, and maybe a, just a little different angle and so the radio show is always a little different than church. Yes, Brother Portellis. Brother Paul, I did bring my guitar, so maybe I'll... He wants me to play a song. doesn't take much to encourage a guitar player. Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And in verse 13, if that's confusing to you, the uh, New Living Translation, you know, uh, says everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. And I like that. That's a good, good translation of that. We're going to talk about, I'm going to title this Cutting Through Our Excuses, or Cutting to the Heart. Maybe that would be better, Cutting to the Heart. That's what I'll call it. The, the scripture in Hebrews 4 says that God's Word is alive. It's powerful. That's why when I come on this radio program, even though I don't feel like I'm a great orator or and I'm not trying to act humble here, but I, I've heard great orators. I, I have. My mom is an English teacher, and she knows that my English is not the king's English necessarily. It, it My sentence structure isn't the greatest and so on. And I, I, I'm not saying I couldn't improve that, but I, I just know who I am, and I'm not intimidated by who I am. I don't feel bad about who I am. But when I begin to teach and preach the Word of God, everything changes. Because now I'm not operating in my intellect or my authority, but I'm moving into a different realm. Because when I preach and teach the Word of God, it becomes alive. It's powerful. It's, it's a quick, that word quick means it's alive, like it's a living word. There's nothing else like it. I can, I can tell you that I've read the Word, I've heard the Word preached, and God has spoken to me through the Word of God. Sometimes it's to encourage, sometimes it's to do surgery. It's the only tool that I really have. If you're looking for a psychiatrist, if you're looking for a therapist, if you're looking for a medical doctor, uh, I'm not that person. But the Word of God can do so much in our lives if we're willing to let it, if we're willing to listen. Sometimes as a pastor, and I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me, but as I preach and I watch people, you know, obviously not listening to the preaching. And in fairness to people, some people, you know, they've heard me preach for years. To some people, I'm just their dad or their grandpa. Or, you know, so they... 
Sometimes I wonder if they heard a word I said. And I do get discouraged because of that. But I also know that the Word of God goes out and it, it, uh, it, yeah, thank you, Brother Jones. Don't be afraid of their faces. I'm with thee to deliver thee. That's really a good scripture. That's pretty timely. You know, I, and, and it's not that I'm afraid of their faces, but I, you know, he knows what I'm talking about. Sometimes you just wished that you could make that connection to help them. It's not like I'm offended, but, for the Word of God to be alive, for the Word, even tonight on this program, if you are listening to this, if you're not listening, if you just have it on and you're not listening, it's not going to do you any good. Because the Word of God is alive, it's a powerful, but to those that will hear it. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want to get to my point, but it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's the sharpest two-edged sword. The Word of God can cut clean. It can cut in judgment. Uh, it's going to kill the sinner one way or the other, the Word of God is. Hopefully, by taking the sin out of his life. It, it can perform surgery on the sinner. I told a cute story at church many years ago. My oldest grandson, who's 21 now, he was probably three at this time, So 18 years ago, there was a Sunday school skit where his dad was laying on a surgery table and they were going to use the Word of God to cut sin out of him. So they had this big old knife and he was on the surgery table and they were getting ready to cut sin out of him and little Abe started screaming out in the service, No! No! That's my daddy! You know, like he really thought they were going to cut his daddy with the knife when they were just trying to show that the Word of God can perform surgery on the sinner and it can perform surgery on the saint. You know, it's conviction when you hear the Word of God. Like tonight, if I say something that makes you uncomfortable or makes you stop and think about what you're doing, that's a good thing. It really is. But conviction also can turn ugly. It, it can cut people to the heart, but instead of them turning away from sin, it can make them angry at the preacher. You know, in Acts chapter 5, we read where Peter and the apostles were were in court, and uh, in Acts 5.29, Peter said, and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And they said some other things, And the Bible says that these religious leaders, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to to kill them. See, conviction doesn't always turn out the way that God wants it to or the way that we want it to. Tonight, there might be somebody listening to this program that gets very, very angry. Certainly, that's not my intention. You know, um, in Acts chapter 7 and verse 54, a man named Stephen or Stephen, whichever way you want to say his name, I say Stephen, he was preaching, and the Bible says when these religious leaders, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. And they took Stephen outside of town and killed him. So the Word of God is a powerful thing. It can bring conviction, which God's wishes would be for conviction to turn to godly sorrow, like to be sorry for what you're doing, and to ask God for forgiveness, to repent. But it doesn't always work that way. And then the Bible says, in and we're, if you're just tuning in, Pastor Bob here, Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And that's uh, that would be more than you could do in a one-hour Bible study, trying to talk about the difference that the Bible talks about between the soul and the spirit. But we know, you know, just just as quickly as I can, we know that we are both a physical being and a spiritual being. Like we're a physical being, we're like a mammal, we're like an animal in in our our systems, our nervous system, our our, uh, you know, uh, digestive system, you know, all of our 
uh, the different different body bodily systems that we have. We're, we're like an animal, and we share in common some things with other animals. But unlike animals, we have another aspect to us, a deeper part. It's it's a spiritual part. Um, and and you know what? Anybody that's a serious study of psychology, which psychology simply means the study of human behavior knows that we are very complex. We're not like an animal. There's something else going on inside of us. There's something deeper. You know, there's some, there's this 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 spiritual side to us that that is deeper. It, there's something about us we can like that we feel um we can we can feel uh uh encouraged by listening to music for instance or or uh we can be you know, um, there, there's there's just something. There's there's deeper feelings that can be stirred up inside of us than just an animal. Like there's a feelings of loyalty and and uh, and so on. And so, the word of God can cut that. It can it can distinguish the spiritual side of us and the fleshly or carnal side of us. But what I really want to get to, to tonight is the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's our program. This program is entitled Cut to the Heart, and I hope tonight that the words that I speak can do that. Text me, 701-290-7862. Here's a song that we named this broadcast after 20-some years ago. Preacher man, preacher man, don't tell me no lies, that believe and you're saved, the junk which comes televised. That fable may make money to the fornicating Jimmy, but the message of salvation is the one that you should give me. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. I was saved when I ate the dough God host. But I've seen in the Bible that I need the Holy Ghost. They said that I could get it with a tap on the head. But first I've got to die so God can raise me from the dead. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Don't tell me that I'm fine and should put away my fears. I bought that lie before it only coochie cooped my ears. It's hypocrisy so thick. That now I want to puke it And I'm sorry my friend if that offends your hermeneutic Tell it like it is, tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell So tell it like it is, tell it like it is Tell it like it is, I do not want to go to hell So tell it like it is, tell it like it is Tell it like it is, I do not want to go to hell So tell it like it is, tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. And that's what we're doing tonight, Telling It Like It Is. That's the name of the broadcast, the Tell It Like It Is show. Yours truly, Pastor Bob. I've been doing this for 20, hmm, 20, coming up on 22 years. Is that right? Wow. We used to be on Saturday nights. Uh, we were, used to have an hour and a half, and now we cut it back to an hour. And uh, hopefully we can tell it in an hour. Thanks for all the texts, Stacy and mine not listening. Good to have her listening, and uh, she's a faithful listening listener. You can text me seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. The brother Greg Johnson finally texted in. About time. I thought maybe I made him mad last week and he quit listening. I didn't know. I don't think so. He's so nice to me. Okay, so the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's where I want to get. 
Our thoughts are something that's pretty hard to control. Our intents are something that we many times don't even know ourselves. The intents of the heart, our deepest desires, the deeper part of us, that even can remain hidden from us. Some people don't even know why they do the things they do. Our intents, it, the, the Scripture says it exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. The Word of God does. I believe the only way you can really know yourself is to allow the Word of God to shine into your life. I really believe that. And, and so tonight, where I'm going with this is the Word of God will cut, should be able to cut through our excuses. You know, uh, if you want to serve God, you will. If you don't want to serve God, you won't. And if you don't want to serve God, you'll come up with all kinds of excuses why you can't, but none of them are true. Because if you want to, you will. You know, we have a a really great church, great people, but there are people in our church that have gone through some things. You know, there are people in our church that have, um, you know, have gone through loss. They've gone through all kinds of things, sicknesses. There are people in our church that have been hurt deeply by others in their life. There are people in our church that would have excuses that they could say, well, God doesn't care, or God doesn't hear me. Um, If you want to be bitter, you can. If you want to, if you want, if you don't want to be bitter, you don't have to. If you want to feel sorry for yourself, you can feel sorry for yourself. But if you don't want to feel sorry for yourself, you don't have to. I have this belief, this is what I believe, that because I've heard the apostolic plan of salvation, Acts 2.38, repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm convinced, and I believe, and I remind myself of it, that I am one of the most fortunate people in the whole world because I heard this truth and I obeyed it. Now that doesn't mean everything in my life is perfect. That doesn't mean I that I don't go through things. That doesn't mean that some days I could even feel overwhelmed. But I think the proper perspective is in my case is that how can I feel sorry for myself when there are millions billions of people that don't know what I know? And this knowledge that I have can make me, like the Scripture says, wise unto salvation. I would rather be on my way through Paris, through the worst part of the city, going to a banquet in my honor, than on my way through Paris, through the nicest part of the city, going to my own execution. In other words, what do I have to feel sorry for myself when I realize if I stay faithful to God, that someday he'll say to me, you know, enter in my good and faithful servant. You know, this, this, um, these excuses that people make, the Word of God can cut through that. The Word of God can, can, can show you that this is a meaningless excuse. There is no excuse that is worth missing heaven over. There isn't. So the Word of God can show you the difference between won't and can't. Like some people say, I can't do that. I can't serve God. I can't quit taking drugs. I can't start speaking treating my spouse correctly, like I can't. But really, if you apply the Word of God to your life, you'll understand that it's not can't, but it's won't. And once you realize it's won't, then you can do something about it. 
You know, it's kind of like um, somebody that is battling, let's say, the sin of homosexuality, telling me I can't overcome this. Well, the Word of God will show you that it's not a can't. It's like any sin. You know, some of you rednecks here in Dickinson that think homosexuality is the worst sin in the world, it's just like any sin. You know, you need to repent of it. You need to ask God to help you change. And you can. Because the Word of God is alive. It's powerful. It doesn't matter if you think you were born that way or not, because the Bible said you must be born again. You know, there are things that I can't do. You know, like I I can't um, jump 20 feet tall just standing there. I can't, I can't jump 20 feet in the air. I can't do that. But I can pray. So I can't pray. Yes, you can. You see, there, there is, um, everybody has excuses of why they can't do something, and the Word of God will cut through that. The Word of God will, will help you to realize. Now, the thing that is so interesting about our excuses is that the Word of God will show us the intent of our heart, but our excuses hide the intent of our heart. And it becomes this thing like people just think they can't change. You know, and sometimes our excuses, as I mentioned earlier, make sense to others. And it's really scary when your excuses make sense to yourself. Here's here's the big deal. Here's the key word that people tell me, and it's kind of like laying a trump card. They say, Pastor Bob, you just don't understand. You can't understand. And my pastor, Pastor David Walters, he's passed away now, but he used to say, I don't get paid to understand. He just preaches the Word of God. See, it's irrelevant whether I understand your issue or whether others understand your issue because God understands your issue and He can help you. This idea that you think you're the only person that's ever battled whatever you're battling, That's a lie. There's been thousands and millions that have gone through what you're going through and even worse. And they have succeeded in serving God. You know, um, and so, do your excuses make sense to God? No, they don't. They, They don't make sense to God. Your excuses to sin, do they make sense to God? No. You know, I, we were talking, we had some people over to our house for dinner today, and and uh, we were just visiting, and one of the things that came up was about the sermon that I preached today was about King David. King David, at the lowest point in his life, committed adultery and had the woman's husband killed. And it was all sneaky. And really, not very many people knew about it. He had hidden it pretty well. I mean, maybe some of David's advisors kind of knew about it, and and um, I know David's general kind of knew about it, and and um, David certainly, you know, kind of knew about it. You know, of course, he knew about it. But I, and the woman he committed adultery with, she knew about it. But what was David's thought process during this time? Like, what was he thinking? committing taking another man's wife and 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 having sexual relations with her and then when she gets pregnant having the man killed in battle put him on the front lines let him get killed and david was thinking this is just going to go away see the word of god will cut through your excuses and your intents of the heart Because a prophet named Nathan came to David after this all happened. And he told David a story that made David so mad. And David said, the the story, I'm not going to tell the story, but David, he jumped up and said, the man that did that, he's going to die. And Nathan the prophet looked at him and said, you're the man, David. 
You took another man's wife and you had the man killed. And David, the word of God exposed David's sin. Now you'd think, how could he hide this sin? Somehow he had deceived himself in thinking that as the king he could do this. Well, there's no, you, you can be a big shot, but you're not bigger than God. And the 51st Psalm is a psalm written, a song written after David's great sin. And part of that psalm, Psalm 51.4 says, he's saying to God, against thee and thee only have I sinned, and I have done this evil in thy sight. See, David came clean. David came clean. You know, the Word of God is designed in God's great love to show us that we need to repent. But to repent, you first have to know you're a sinner. To know you're a sinner, you have to know what sin is. See, that's the whole deal. And I'm going to tell you that, unfortunately, there are many churches in our country that are afraid to tell people what sin is. They don't want to offend them. They have some kind of pious concept, like, well, who am I to say something's wrong? Well, yeah, exactly. Who are you to say something's wrong? So we've got to just quote the Bible. The Bible can say, you know, I mean, who am I to say 2 plus 2 is equal to 4, right? But it is. <laughs> I didn't make that up. I didn't even think of it myself. But I can say it because it's true. All right, Paul, this one's for you. I can do it. You're acting like a nobody knows it. Thinking that you're hitting your sin. Telling everybody everything's fine, but you're lying about the trouble you're in. Cause I've heard about all you've been doing. You know there's people talking all over town. Dragging the name of the Savior down to the ground. Who do you think you're fooling when you're going to realize that all of your plans and your scheming are laying right before his eyes? You're cheating and you're dirty dealing, selling your soul for a feeling. Who do you think you're fooling with those lies? Satan, he's a-watching, laughing at you And the change you've let him put on your hands But there's people that you never imagined, my friend Praying that you'll learn how to stand Cause everything is naked and open To the God with whom we have to do So if there's anybody that's blind Got a feeling it's you Who do you think you're Heading for a big surprise That all of your plans and your scheming Laying right before his eyes You're cheating and you're dirty dealing Selling your soul for a feeling Who do you think you're fooling with those lies? Deep down inside you fear it You know you're gonna reap what you sow as long as you're grieving the spirit, there ain't no peaceful place you can go. It just keeps getting harder and harder the farther you go down the line. Why won't you turn it around while you still got the time? Now who do you think you're fooling when you're going to realize that all of your plans and your scheming Laying right before his eyes Your feet and your dirty dealing Selling your soul for a feeling Who do you think you're fooling with those lies? That's the song kind of about Hebrews 4, isn't it? Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show, thank you. I appreciate you listening, and I'm honored that you would listen. Kind of a tough subject tonight, but... We're talking about the concept of the Word of God can cut through our excuses. It can cut you to the heart. Um, you know, we can lie to ourselves, but God can cut through it. 
The sharp word, the sharp sword of the word can lay open our excuses. The wording in verse 13 of Hebrews 4 in Greek, it means when it, when it's, when it says that it's, um, you know, that it's like a, everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. That word naked and exposed, that means that it's like laying us naked, like an animal lying stretched out with its neck wide open. That's what the Word of God can do. You know, and that's why you need to let the Word of God talk to you. You know, people will say things, and I, I know I'm bringing this up in our teaching on standards, but they'll say to me, well, Pastor Bob, I'm just not convicted about that. Well, what are you waiting for God to do? Show you some kind of a mystical, are you waiting for a, for a voice from heaven? Well, Pastor Bob, I'm just not convicted to dress modestly. So when the Word of God says that we should dress modestly, when the Word of God says that we should not be conformed to this world, and you look in the mirror and see that you're wearing the same things that people that don't know God wear, they just expose their body and they're dressing immodestly, and you say, well, I I just don't feel convicted. So what's God supposed to do? How is he going to convict you? See, the Word of God should convict us. It's meant to convict us. We need to let God's Word judge us. Because if we let it judge us now and we change, it won't judge us later. The Bible says judgment begins at the house of God. That's why you should go to church, by the way. There are people listening to me that don't go to church. I know that. You should. You really should. There's no reason not to. But this idea that I'm not convicted, this comes from an idea that, that, you know, that we don't, you know, we don't want to do what God's Word says, so we wait for something else to tell us. You know, a feeling-orientated faith. Well, you know, the Lord just hasn't led me that way, Pastor Bob. You know, um, the Word of God is very clear on many subjects. It tells us exactly what to do. For instance, I'll just give you a for instance. The Word of God says that it's a shame for a man to have long hair. So if you're listening tonight and you're a man and you have long hair, you can look this up for yourself. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just look it up for yourself. Is it chapter 11? Anyway, I think, anyway, I'm just, I don't have my references in front of me right now. But somebody looked that up for me. But there's a lot said about it. So let's say you're a man that has long hair, and you read that. The Word of God says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. The Bible says it's a glory for a woman to have long hair. So a woman's supposed to have long hair, a man's supposed to have short hair. The Bible says that. So what are you waiting for God? How, how are you waiting for God to tell you that? If you're a man and you have long hair, just go get a haircut. If you're a woman and you have and you're cutting your hair, stop cutting it. You see, why did I bring that up? You say, "Boy, you're you're are you trying to get people not to come to your church, Pastor Bob?" No, I'm not trying. I'm just telling you the word of God will cut through your excuses. Well, I I just I guess I'm just not, you know, I've never read that verse, Pastor Bob. Well, there's quite a few verses about it in 1 Corinthians, a lot. And I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I I really am. And I brought up something that may seem extreme to you, but but this, this, um, I'm not trying, like I said, I'm not trying to be dramatic or sensational here at all. But there is a, religious thing going on in our country where people want preachers to tell them what they want to hear rather than what God wants them to hear. And I'm I'm not interested. I really am not. 
First of all, I'm not convinced it'll make our church any bigger if I just start telling people what they want to hear. Because I'm convinced that in Dickinson, North Dakota, there's all kinds of people that want to do what God wants them to do. That Many of them just don't know what it is. That's why I come on the radio every week trying to catch somebody, you know, that's driving home from the grocery store. You know, this is an AM. If you're listening online, I just want you to know this is an AM radio station I'm broadcasting on tonight. And my target audience is just people that are, you know, there was a guy here a few years ago told me, he said, you know, he said, I was in the bathtub and your radio show came on and I did not want to listen to it. He said, and um, but I didn't want to get out of the bathtub either to shut it off or change stations. So I had to listen to it. And you know what? I kind of liked it. And he's a good man that told me that. He's a Catholic man. Um, and he, I think he wants to know the truth. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not true. You know, there, there is, um, um, you know, this, this concept of willingly being ignorant to God's truth. Well, I just, I just don't understand, Pastor Bob, why all these other churches are saying something else than what you're saying tonight. Well, let's just say I'm right. Maybe they're wrong. You know, there was one man before the flood came named Noah. And he was the only buddy saying the same thing he was saying. And he happened to be right. You know, this, this, um, you know, what exactly are we waiting for God to do uh, to do what God says? I mean, what exactly are we doing? You know, like, like if you, um, you know, like if you're not treating your family right, What does God have to tell you to do for you to start treating them right, for instance? Proverbs 16.2 is kind of a scary verse, and it says this, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits, or, or the Lord examines the motives. See, that's scary because you think you're right but you could be dead wrong because you're not letting the Word of God show you what's right or wrong, what's good or evil. You know, the the idea here is that the truth of God or the Word of God will detect the feelings of a hypocrite and the person that's self-deceived. You know, the Word of God will break through that so that we can turn our hearts to God. Hmm, Pastor Bob here, let's see. What am I going to do? I'm running out of time. We're talking about how the Word of God can lay open our excuses. You know, we have these excuses, Why people have excuses why they can't come to church. People say, can't come to church, uh, can't sit that long. I mean... I even hate to tell you the excuses I've heard why people can't come to church because some of those people might be listening and I don't want to embarrass them. But I've heard some really doozies. You know, and now people say, I can't come to church because I'm afraid I might get COVID. But they're going everywhere else. Does COVID just live in churches? (laughs) No, of course not. If you want to go to church, you'll go. If you don't want to go to church, you won't. I grew up not really wanting to go to church. I had no interest in it. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what they were doing. I just didn't like it. When I started dating my my girlfriend, who is now my wife, Lori, she was Catholic, and so when I was dating her, I attended church more then than I ever did because as a Catholic, she went to church. That's what they did. And I still couldn't figure out what was going on. I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't like going. But when I let the Word of God start working in my life, I liked going to church. I'm one of these people that when I'm 100 years old and I have to wear a diaper, 
and I can't see or drive, I want somebody to come and get me and take me to church. They won't let me play my guitar, maybe. They won't let me preach. But I just want to go. I want to be there. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You see, if you don't want to go, you'll find a reason to stay home. Maybe there's somebody listening to me tonight that was supposed to be in our church this morning. You didn't show up. And you've got your reason. I was tired. I was sick or whatever. Now, I'm, I'm not here to belittle you. I don't even know who you would be. But what I am saying is, let's get rid of the excuses. Let the Word of God cut to your heart. You know, um, there's a lot of scriptures about this. There really is. Uh, you know, the um, Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth forsaketh them shall have mercy. First John 1 John 1.9 said, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confessing your sins has to be done with no excuse. Because an excuse takes away the confession. An excuse takes away the sincerity. I'm sorry, God, but I re- it really wasn't my fault. What kind of sorry is that? Hosea 14, 2, which I really like this verse, when you come to God asking forgiveness, it says, take with you words. <laughs> Bring some words with you when you come to God. And he, then he goes on to tell, tell us the words we're supposed to say. Say to him, take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously, so we will render the calves of our lips. I don't have time to explain that. You know, in Acts 2.37, I quote Acts 2.38 all the time, but verse 37, Peter was preaching about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And the Bible says, when they heard this, Peter's preaching, they were pricked in their heart, like they were cut to the heart. They, Their heart bothered them. Like it bothered them. My friend Stormy said uh, the reason he doesn't go to church is he can't understand the language. He's over in the Philippines. Stormy, go to church anyway. You'll feel something there. (laughs) He's my friend. I can talk to him straight. There's no excuse not to go to church. There's just no excuse. We got people that come to our church can't understand English. And I feel bad for them. We, you know, we have translators trying to help them. You know, we have we have those earpieces to try to help them understand and they're trying to learn trying to learn English, those people. But they still come to church. Stormy's my friend from the Philippines. You are back in the Philippines, I take it. But Peter this says when Peter got done preaching, they were pricked in their heart. They were cut to the heart. And they instead of getting mad, they cried out to Peter this Men and brothers, what shall we do? Like, we feel bad about what happened to Jesus on the cross. What do we need to do? And Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is no excuse. Romans 14 and 12 said, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And our excuses are going to seem pretty lame at that time. They really are. Well, God, I I just couldn't serve you because of blah, 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 because of ABC. Well, there's going to be a big cloud of witnesses of people that did serve him that went through the same thing you did. Oh, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. If you if you like to pray, we have prayer half hour before church at 7. You can join us for that. We have a special room set up for prayer. Um, we have on Friday mornings, we have a men's Bible study. That's at 6 a.m. Usually there's breakfast there. And there's a, it goes till maybe 7, but you, if you have to go to work earlier, you can leave and so on. 
on Sundays at 10 o'clock is Sunday school. That's for all ages. And then at 11 o'clock is our worship. Now, if you live around this area, we have a church uh, start in Beach. That's 60 miles west of Dickinson. They have a service Tuesday night at the Beach Community Center. Uh, the pastor there is Joe Hostetler. We are working on a building, and once that building is completed, we'll be having Sunday services there, too. Uh, in Bowman, on Thursday night, we have some Bowmanites living, listening tonight. Marin and Yvonne are listening tonight. They uh, We have church there in Bowman at 7.30, Thursday nights, and Sunday mornings at 10.30. That's right on Main Street, and it's a storefront church right in Beach, and I've been praying for a building for you guys down there, too. Uh, we... Um, there's a, we have a church all over the area. We got churches in in Beulah, Bismarck, Mandan, uh, Williston, Newtown, Minot. We have churches all over the area. So if you're interested in that, we'd certainly want to help you find that. You know there are no excuses um, for not serving God when the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What excuse could you stand and look to Jesus, who gave everything? He was tortured. He was crucified. He took our sins and our guilt upon him and suffered for it and paid the price. And to say, well, I couldn't serve you because, you know, my pastor was a hypocrite or couldn't serve you because, you know, uh, my my marriage fell apart or couldn't serve you, God, because you didn't take care of me financially. Couldn't serve you, God, because I got sick and you never healed me. How much sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense to me. Probably end this tonight with uh, maybe a song I wrote, a, couple, a song and a chorus. And um, also... Um, I'll probably play a song that will kind of kind of just tie everything together at the end of this. Crack the whip, drive the nails, drag the lamb up on the hill. A man who never did anything wrong made a mockery before us all a thorny crown a bloody back a helpless beaten naked man the only true God came as a man it was the darkest day this world had seen but on that day his blood purchased me and I want to say Thank you for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for Calvary. Crack the whip, drive the nails, drag the lamb up on the hill. A man who never did anything wrong made a mockery before us all a thorny crown a bloody back a helpless beaten naked man the only true God came as a man it was the darkest day this world had seen but on that day his blood purchased me and I want to say Thank you for loving me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Calvary. And if you're not living for God because of your excuses, His blood that he, he shed for you, it's still on your hands. And so I have this question to ask you tonight. Is the Savior's blood upon your hands? 
Is the Savior's blood upon your hands? Well, He gave His life for you. Do you understand that if you turn your back on Him, His blood still on your hands? Still on your hands Still on your hands Well, He gave His life for you Do you understand That if you turn your back on Him His blood Still on your hands And Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast I pray that you help us, help our listening audience tonight To cut through the excuses Let your word cut through their excuses Of why they can't serve you Why they can't turn your life around Their life around Why Lord, show them that it's their pride that's getting in the way. Whatever it is, God, whatever self-deception, I pray against this tonight. And that they will have heard your word and realize the next step is up to them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you for listening. Pretty intense program tonight. God bless. Lord willing, I'll be back next week for another Tell It Like It Is show. Till then. Thank you so much for listening. Come and visit us at church. I was walking to Emmaus, talking of all these things which had happened. A man drew near, said, what's the sad story? believe ought not Christ to suffer and enter his glory and I
it shall be told thee what thou must do. always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website www.holyghostradio.com The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.